Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. We head to the Southern Hemisphere again this week as the WDF tour continued last week in New Zealand with the silver-graded John Wilkie Memorial. There was some sad news during the weekend and that was that Stephen Gooch, a long-time New Zealand player, had passed away aged 53. Stephen was a former New Zealand Darts Council singles champion and New Zealand Darts Council pairs champion and it was clear that he meant an awful lot to a number of figures in the darting community in New Zealand given the outpouring of love and support over the weekend. In terms of the tournament play, Ben Robb won the men's singles with a dominant 6-1 final triumph over Jimmy Samuels. Samuels had had a really impressive run to make his first ever WDF ranking final, beating the likes of New Zealand international AJ Takira, Hope Ipua and Warren Parry, who won the most recent New Zealand ranking event, the New Zealand Masters. Uh, but Big Rig was a little bit too much. And to be honest, Rob was brilliant all weekend. Dropped only three legs in the knockout rounds before the semi-finals, where he beat Darren Herrawinny 5-4 and then just a class above in the final. It was actually a third New Zealand Darts Council title of the year for Ben. Uh, but it's the first one that's actually had WDF points. And with that, he qualifies for the WDF World Masters later this year in Assen in the Netherlands. Ben's had a really impressive year in general because he's also won two titles on under the Dark Player New Zealand banner and it was great to catch up with him earlier this week. I'm now delighted to be joined by one of the four men in New Zealand darts, Big Rig Ben Robb. How are you, Ben? Yeah, good, bro. It's good to be talking to you, and you're you're fresh off winning the John Wilkie Memorial last weekend. You won the singles and the pairs. How are you feeling now? Yeah, feeling good. Just uh, feel like um, all that hard work I've been doing. Cause I had a few not so good results late, so to be able to get back on the winners podium again is uh, yeah, it's great for the confidence. I was going to say you played really well. I think in the section play you were undefeated, and then in the knockout rounds. You only dropped three legs before the semi-finals, so were you feeling confident before play started? Yeah, I felt confident before the tournament. I put a lot of work on the board, and then once you get that muscle memory and, you, and it's feeling almost automatic in, in, in the scoring sense, um, yeah, I, I went to that competition feeling quite confident that I was going to win it before I went there, before I got there. And then when I started playing in the group stage, I knew I, knew I was going to go well. It was just, uh, like, just maintain the form. Absolutely. And, I mean, to get to the final, you had to come through a, a pretty close semi-final with a good friend of yours, Darren Herrawinney. Yeah, yeah, and he's always classy. People know what he's done by you know, winning the WDF Championship and and being on TV competing with Phil. And, yeah, we all know what he can do, so for me to play play him that well in the, in the semi, yeah, it's great for my confidence and good for him too because it just came down pretty much to the ball. In some games, that's what it comes down to, is who gets to start in the last league. And then, I mean, the final looked pretty comfortable for you, a 6-1 win in the end, and I think that was a fifth title of the year. So, so 2021's been going really well for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, feeling confident. Um, I was quite lucky. The guy I played in the final, Jimmy, he he actually took out quite a few strong competition and, and Waza and, and Hopai and AJ on the way through. and. Yeah, so he would have been gutted that he didn't perform the way he was playing in the, in the previous games. But, I mean, I'll take those when they happen. And <laughs> the score didn't really show the quality of my opponent in their final. So, yeah. but just happy to get the win. I mean, you mentioned him there. 
you closed out your weekend winning the pairs alongside Hope I Pua. And I, am I right in thinking that was the first time you two had teamed up in, in a little while? Yeah, yeah, been a long while too. We just, um, uh, we typically just pair with other people for whatever reason. We've got a few mates in our circles and then uh, we got to talking uh, at the end of um, Capimana, our Wellington comp. And then we just said we should pair up. Been a while. Uh, the last time we paired up, we won the Oceanic Men's Pairs and the Oceanic Championship. So, I mean, yeah, that, that field was huge. So we knew we could play well together. And we know each other's, we play each other so much, we know each other's game. So I knew I knew that uh, I, I had confidence that if I was to do something wrong or play bad in, in a certain area, that he'll easily clean up and, and, and you know, help out where he does. Obviously, there was some sad news during the weekend that Stephen Gooch, a long-time figure in New Zealand darts, had passed away. What are your memories of Stephen? Oh, mate, yeah, that was shocking news, to be fair. It was, quite, it was real sudden. The two weeks beforehand, he had played at the... Uh, at the John Bull, Kevin uh, Munner, and um, yeah, shocking news. We always had banter. We always laughed. Whenever, whenever he's in a room, you knew he was in there. If he was, whoever section was in, a, in the section with them, they always having a good time because he, he loved to play darts and he and, and he just yeah, he loved to put smiles on people's faces and, and talk a bit of banter. Uh, he'll be he'll be yeah, he'll be so much missed in New Zealand darts because. He was one of our big characters. As I've sort of mentioned already, this has been a good year for you. You've won the first two events on the, the Dart Players New Zealand circuit, and you'd actually won two uh, New Zealand Darts Council events before the John Wilkie Memorial as well. So what do you think has clicked for you this year to just take you to that sort of title-winning level? I think it's just the accumulation of um, my time that I've been playing the game. I I've always set goals and I've been realistic with my goals and I was pretty much, I felt like last year that this was going to happen last year. I felt my game was strong. I was all, I had gone through so much adversity in the game that I feel like I'm, I'm well-rounded now and know how to deal with different situations and also knowing that the players that I play and that I'm, I'm confident that when I do play my best that, that I will have chances to win the game. And that's just happening now, and I feel like I'm still still building. I still feel like I'm in the early days and the, the type of game that I can play. So, yeah, it's been an accumulation of time, really. And you said that, you know, you've been through adversity in the sport. Can you touch on what you mean by that? Oh, I guess, uh, what, my first year I kind of showed up out of nowhere and I was competing with, with my region's top players and beating some big figures in, like, in, in the game quite comfortably and being quite cocky and playing and then my second year I, I I had to deal with expectation that everyone expected me to do the same thing and I dropped I dropped right down and I, I could have chucked the game in really then because it was hard to play I wasn't really performing the way I wanted to and yeah I, and then I played multiple finals never really got over the line so many times I think I made like seven or eight finals where I just couldn't get over the line and it was just getting frustrated but I could have gone two ways about it I could have got real down about it and then just kind of you know threw my darts away but I just started I just stayed with it and, and kept at it and, and now I feel like I'm reaping the rewards for, 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 for fighting through the tougher times. Last year I know you played a lot online do you feel that yeah. you were able to use that to work on your game and do you think you felt the benefits this year of the online stuff you were doing last year? 
Uh, I think um, people will say about the whole online thing, I did quite well with the online stuff. I guess um, just like how I said about, I felt like this year's form was going to be last year's form. Um, I kind of, we kind of missed the year like that, so I kind of was able to, to play how I was doing online. I guess the best part about it was the exposure of the players I got to play through Darkstream Live and then um, playing James Richardson quite a lot on these kind of showdown things they were doing online. Um, and just playing like Dave Chisnell, someone would like quite, quite, quite constantly, which before COVID that, will, that would never have happened. So it kind of gave me a bit more self-belief, I guess, um, knowing that I can play against the big names without faltering or, or relying on them to miss that I can play with them and still get a, you know, a good result. It's weird because, you know, you defended your South Island Masters title earlier this year and you won the North Island Masters and normally both of them would have qualified you for the, the WDF World Masters but there were no points because of the travel restrictions but the John Wilkie Memorial does qualify you for the World Masters so that obviously gives you another goal to aim at for, for the beginning of December. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um... I guess the goal is to play as much as I can and as and, and, and quality events like Dark Council, DPNZ, uh, our Charter Nationals, and just to try to provide as much opportunity as I can and, and then, you know, and then kind of test myself further if, if I choose to. Um, but, yeah, just creating those opportunities is what the goal is this year. I mean, the World Masters is at the start of December in, in the Netherlands and then... You know, a couple of weeks later will be the PDC World Championship at Alexandra Palace. You've been there once before. I imagine you'd like to, to combine the trip and play in both. Oh, yeah, that'll be a dream. Yeah, exactly. Um, to get back there. And then, like, if, if you could make it almost, uh, you know, my boss wouldn't like the news. But, <laughs> um, yeah, to have that opportunity on, on the World Masters and the, and the World Championships. And then, uh, and then even maybe, you know, the... Um, qualifying school and giving that a crack um, to, to be able to do all that and one trip being so far away uh, you know it'd be good to take advantage of that trip in one big go absolutely and I mean the, the Dark Players New Zealand tour resumes later this month you won the first two events over you know Warren Parry you, you obviously you put yourself in a good position now to, to try and carry that through for the, the remaining events of the year yeah definitely um yeah, I just want to win as often and as frequent as I possibly can, uh, just to make it a habit of winning and, and 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 just you know against those top players in the country and, and to just keep on top of them because they're so dangerous as as, as a big goal of mine. Yeah, uh, the number one goal is to obviously get to the Ali Pally and to do that, I've just got to try my best to dominate uh, the Dark Players New Zealand Tour. You played in the well. You played at Alexandra Palace the end of twenty nineteen. Looking back now, how do you reflect on that whole experience? Oh, it was just an amazing opportunity. First thing, uh, yeah, just to be amongst it. I feel like for to succeed in that event, I feel like you have to go through a once to kind of feel it out. It's a bit different in the format. Uh, when I played, you go for a long walk backstage after you pull up, and I kind of, I kind of played the, the moment in my mind a bit too much than I should have because I'm not pretty to such a long kind of walk into the practice area and 
just little things like that, being a bit more prepared the next time I feel like I've really taken it all in the last time. And, yeah, the, and the format, I feel like um, practicing that format a bit more before I, before I go over there if I do get the opportunity again. I mean, the, you lost 3-0 to, to Ron Moulinkamp, but it was a lot closer. The game was actually a lot closer than the scoreline suggests because the first set was 3-2 and you took out that massive 170. And in the third set, you were 2 up in that one as well. So there were positives you could take from the game, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, the big games don't, don't um, frighten me or anything like that. I don't feel... I feel more confident on the stage than I do in four games. That sounds yeah, funny, but... I, I, I prefer that than playing in the smaller kind of type things. I, I want to be on the bigger stage and I want to put on a show for people, feel that energy when I'm on the stage. So I really want to get back there. I remember your game quite vividly because I loved your walk on because you looked so confident, you know, your body language was really positive. And also, you came out to Fort Minor's Remember the Name, which is an absolute tune. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually had a few dramas getting my walk-on song. Uh, I had a few songs get declined from the PDC. And so I was quickly, I think I had a couple of albums on. So I was on the phone with a few of the boys and then we were just chopping and changing it. And uh, I think it might be my partner might have brought it up. We were, I was watching a, a highlight thing on Facebook, I think. And I was like, oh, what's that song? And I, I, I know the song, but I forgot the name of it. I put that through and they said, yep, that's fine. I was like, oh, yeah, that'll do. But, yeah, I felt confident. I felt like I was going to win that game, to be honest. It just didn't get in my way. Yeah. So what songs actually got turned down then by the PDC? Um, I had I had Red Food, Party Train. When I played uh, the World Series, they let me play it at the World Series. It's more of a upbeat song and get people up dancing type thing um, yeah and then I tried like a Dave Dobbin song and then they said nah can't do that one either sitting with that one oh uh, well I, I thought it was I love to walk on anyway so you'll have to stick with it now <laughs> cheers Andrew I probably will actually it's got a good it's got a good kind of thing behind it oh but I think um, I had another song come up from one of the boys so it'll be um, yeah it'll be a good dispute when and something I did want to ask you about I remember when you played you had like a like a necklace basically it looked like a, a Maori charm what what was that? oh yeah yeah so it was made for me from my uncle in um, Portuguese that's where I'm from um, yeah it's just uh, it was just something from my family to, to wear on stage and it's, uh, it's supposed to give you mana which means strength so so I took that on stage as a re- like to represent my family back back on the east coast and yeah it was just just, just to say thank you to them and and, to, and and to show my culture on the bigger stage so I was pretty stoked to be able to do that absolutely and I noticed that after the world championships you didn't stay in the UK and try and do Q school what was what was the reason for that yeah just time um, I've got a young family. You know, and I took them over with us. We had like a bit of a family trip over there, and, uh, and then we were there for two weeks. So we were just we enjoyed England, um, got to enjoy the world champs, and then uh, I had aspirations. We had a, I had a goal like as like before we left that um, I booked our tickets home before Christmas and be home in Christmas. If I had lost the first round and if we we had won 
it'll be because I won the first round then we were just going to rebook after that and do Q school but it just didn't end up that way um, you know I've got family I've got work commitments in, in New Zealand and family commitments so I've got to have the balance if I feel like I'm not playing with that balance I'll, I'll just I won't perform the way I want to or the way that I need to so I've got to just do the right things for, for the whole the whole picture and not just for, for that you know what I mean and I can only imagine that you know your children are huge are a huge sort of motivation for you. Yeah, oh, that's my number one, really. Yeah, I guess the, the best thing for me, I did the DPA tour in 2019. Yeah, 2019, and I got to play a lot with Damo and, and Gigi, and and I can I can measure my game with those boys against the PDC boys because I I played those boys quite regularly, and uh, I just knew that watching them do it. It gave me a whole lot of self confidence to go over there and and give it a crack. When you know when my time comes to do that, I feel like I'll be a lot more confident going forward. With it. I know the sort of breakthrough year for you was was twenty eighteen. Really, that was when people sort of first started seeing your name, certainly on this side of the world, a lot more. But I mean, when did you actually first start playing darts? Probably twenty fifteen. Um. I moved down from um, Auckland to Christchurch to uh, where the earthquakes and I was helping with, I'm a drain layer and plumber, so there's a lot of work there re- rebuilding Christchurch and I played a lot of basketball and I couldn't find a, I couldn't find a team. I tried quite hard, quite like hard to find a team, but I just couldn't link up with people. I didn't really know anyone. So my old, we, me and my old man used to practice see the loves of darts on the old Christmas darts and he got into it and put a board up. So after work, we would just have a beer and, and, and a bit of a laugh and talk about life and throw a few darts and have a laugh. And then his workmate had a team and he could he had a, a man down and he just said, do you want to play? And my old man said, no, nah, my boy will. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll have a go. And then I, um, yeah, I beat my region uh, champion. He was, I think it was three years in a row, he'd won it. And then that was my first game. I didn't know who he was and I beat him 3-0. And everyone was buzzing and then, yeah, I got the bug straight away after that. <laughs> awesome. And then, I know 2018, you got the call-up to play for New Zealand at the Asia-Pacific Cup, and you got all the way to the, the final and picked up a silver medal. That must have been a hugely proud moment for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just to be selected, it was quite a shock. I had never travelled that far before, as far as Australia, and then to go all the way to Korea was just, yeah, what a like a mad buzz and a great opportunity and I almost didn't qualify out of section I was I qualified by one league and I was like what are you doing and then you know reassessed and then just had a great run um I think I got um I forgot his name from Aussie in the semi I was playing well I knew I was going to get well and then just in the final just yeah maybe the moment got a hold of me that was probably my big my first big final and yeah, I kind of just choked a little bit. But, I mean, you know, to play those boys over there and, and the big photos on the on billboards and stuff like that when you walk to the hotel and, they were, they, you know, there were everywhere pictures of them. So to, to get uh, close enough to guys that have been playing for a long time, I, you know, I took a lot from that. So that's, that was the biggest thing for me. And I know the next day you played in the Korean Open while you were there. And you won 500,000 won in prize money, which initially I thought was like, oh my God, that's loads of money. Uh, but I don't think that actually equates to that much in New Zealand dollars. No, I, I figured out that 100,000 won 
was $130 New Zealand dollars. So I think I made like $620 or 650 I think it was, New Zealand dollars for making second. I mean, I'm already on a holiday type thing. We had finished and stuff, so I was like, it just gave me a bit of pri- uh, gave me a bit of spending money to chuck around and just have a good time while I was there. You mentioned doing the DPA tour in, in 2019. I know you won an event in 2019 and then one in 2020 before it all shut down. But how much do you feel that has helped your game come on? Because obviously you're playing in much bigger fields against a wider range of opponents than, than you're getting in New Zealand. Yeah, that, I think that's probably the best move that I made in, 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 in my career so far. Um, I got a sponsorship from DPNZ. And I pretty much chucked all that into doing that tour. Um, it was a big call. Um, I had a few people, you know, questioning it. But me and Hope, I, we, we, our, our thought behind it was you've just got to keep that moving that ladder up and the, moving that ladder ahead of you further and further up or you're going to get complacent. So we just try to find the, the tougher competition and the more consistent competition. And, they, and DPA was doing straight knockout first six, you know, the PDC format, and we just thought that for our goals that we wanted to achieve, that was probably the best way for us to, to get used to that environment, and I think it did wonders for both of us, just to be, a, I think a real game of like, like, like a true game of darts is, first, you know, first to six, you beat me first to six, I feel like, you know, you, you outplay me, uh, first to three, uh, I feel like anyone can, can turn up and throw three great legs, and then you're out of competition, so... That was massive, and I think it was a big decision, and I think oh, it was the right decision for my progression. I mean, you mentioned slightly earlier that you're a massive basketball fan. Do you still play basketball now, or? Nah, I just don't have the time, really. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I've got to be like, I've got these darts goals, and I can't, you know, I've got all these plans in place, and the last thing I want to do is go play basketball, fall over, or pop my fingers, or... <laughs> create an injury, I just don't see myself on the line to, to give up if, uh, if something happens, you know, so I just gotta just have to pick one and then just run with it. So what gives you what gives you a bigger buzz? A big three point shot or a one eighty? Oh, one eighty. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think uh, I have a lot of my old basketball mates that when I first played darts they're all laughing at me. When they see me play at the Open Masters and they were like, dude and then they were all they were all having they were all buzzing out and having a good time, and then, and then I'd go to their houses, and they were all putting dartboards up, trying to ask me questions on how to play and <laughs> how to set it all up. So it was pretty good to expose more people to the game. Cause, yeah, it's, it's, it's when people when people get introduced to the game, yeah, it's quite easy to fall in love with it. Absolutely, and I mean, you mentioned those World Series events. Twenty eighteen, you played in the first one in Auckland. And you lost 6-5 to Simon Whitlock. So then, basically, a year later in Hamilton, to beat Simon Whitlock must have been a pretty special moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got the call up to the 2018, two days before we story couldn't make it. I got to play with Hope's, Hope's um, TV debut, Hope Ipuha and John Herring. He, like, we, we all kind of jumped and... In Canterbury, we all jumped on the game at the same time, so to debut on TV together on one night was massive. And then that was that was a you know it was a big a big kind of down at the time because to be so close. And then 
yeah, the next year had my whole family fly up to Hamilton and and to do it was um, yeah, it was real special. Probably my first special moment really, just to see you know mum and dad with big smiles on their faces to be so proud and and to have a good night. That was yeah, that's my biggest moment so far. Yeah, and I suppose also, you know, you being a Kiwi, beating an Aussie in New Zealand is quite cool as well. Oh, yeah, it's our, <laughs> it's our biggest banter, especially being, you know, the top Kiwi boy in New Zealand, on New Zealand soil. Yeah, nah, that's a memory for life. Nah, I loved it, mate. For you, then, what are the big goals in darts? To make a living out of the game... Uh, to see the amount of the prize money continuously going up and, and the opportunity, if, or you, you know, if you can put it all together, you know, you could you could set I guess you could set my family up for not just my generation but maybe my kids if I can do it properly. So that's the goal, really, is just to to make a living out of it and, and, and enjoy it and to you know get over England and, and get the get the the tour card and then to perform consistently and have that opportunity I really feel like if, if I can get there I can make some noise yeah so kind of making that commitment doing what you know Simon and Kyle and Damo and, and Gordon have done and, and actually moving over to the northern hemisphere and, and really making a go of it that's what's kind of the big thing on the agenda for you that's the that's the big goal yeah and the only way for me to do that really is to establish myself and then move the family over so I'm not so far away from everyone. So if I do get the opportunity, it will be a lot of pressure and, and but also a lot of excitement for the opportunity. So I look forward to it and hopefully I get the chance one day. You throw your own custom darts, 180 darts. How long have you actually been using those? Um, I've, oh, I've had these darts... Oh, probably um, from March this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to throw. I've gone through so many barrels. I like a rare, rare weighted with a taper on it. And then you know, I threw the Carnage threes for a while, but the grip was a bit too aggressive. I felt like they were popping out of the board a bit too much. And then, yeah, I, I linked up with the Dart Depot, which is uh, the online store in New Zealand, the biggest online retailer for Dart in New Zealand. And, and he linked me up, Andy at the Dart Depot linked me up with 180. And I was able to design my own barrel the way I wanted it. And the first design wasn't really well, wasn't really what I wanted. And, you know, credit to 180, they they were patient with me and, and designing me for a few design problems. And and they just uh, they were real accommodating to, to, to making the thing that I wanted to work for me. And, yeah, and now I've got it, I couldn't be happier, really. I'm really stoked with how it came out. Well, I have to say, I was looking at them on the Dart Depot website, and I was like, "There, I'm not very good at darts. I mean, I tried, but I'm not great. But I saw them, and I was like, they're exactly the sort of darts that I sort of use. I was like, I'll have to get myself a set. And then was like, hang on, I'm going to have to pay shipping from New Zealand to the UK. So we're going to have to sort out something. When you come over for the World Masters World Championship, you'll have to get me a set when you come over. <laughs> that sounds like a player, but definitely. But now you know how uh, Kiwi before Dart Depot already came along. We uh, we were pretty much buying our stuff from the UK and having to pay it in reverse. But can't be that bad, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Something I, I did notice. I know you've got a Facebook page, Ben Rob's Darts Journey, and you were saying on your most recent video on there that you know if anybody ever wants you know tips or advice at events, you're happy to to help and. 
I know Wendy Harper said after the tournament of the weekend, she thanked you for like your encouragement and support over the weekend. Is is kind of helping other people kind of progress and enjoy the sport as much as you are? Is that an important thing for you? Yeah, oh, that's massive for me. Um, I really enjoy uh, helping people improve their games. Um, I've had a lot of trial and error. I mean, I'm only new to the game. I don't know everything, but... I just like to share with people what's worked for me and uh, I'm very practical in the way that I think about things. I think it's from being a tradie, you've got to try to be a bit practical to make things work. And yeah, if I, if I see someone struggling, I always offer a bit of advice if they want it or not, just to be able to be okay. Like, obviously that's not going to work for you. And um, yeah, I mean, my mindset that if, that's in, in a hole is going well, then it's just only going to create more opportunity for everybody. And the best way for that is for us to have people performing at a high standard. So when I have young followers or new people that have just come out of the garage and they're learning the game and they've got a lot of potential, if, if I can motivate them or encourage them to lift their game to a level, then I have to lift my, lift my game even higher. And it's just, it's just a good look for New Zealand darts. And, and that's what I want to do. And, Hopefully, uh, yeah, the the more opportunity I can create, then the more opportunity that I can, you know, provide for other people just from showing the world that New Zealand, a small New Zealand country can can uh, put out some really good high-quality dart players. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tremendous attitude. And your nickname, Big Rig, where does that come from? <laughs> yeah, um, oh, when I first started playing darts, I don't know why, for whatever reason, um, everyone called me Big Ben. Uh, you know, I'm like six four, so I'm trying to stand out in a room sometimes, and they called me calling me Big Ben. And I was like, when I was watching darts, I, th- I think I think his name's Benito Vanderpass. I think his name was Big Ben. And being cheeky and cocky at the time, I was like, man, I'm gonna be on TV. That, that name's already gone. We've got to find a better name. <laughs> then we were watching uh, the UFC, and there's a guy um, Johnny Hendricks. He's a a UFC fighter and his name was the Big Rig and then the boys just uh, like yeah they're just like Big Rig it makes you know Ben Rob BR and Big Rig and he's just like dude that just suits so I just ran with it and I thought it was a pretty cool name and now now Johnny Hendricks has retired from MMA you haven't got any competition for the Big Rig nickname anymore yeah exactly right you can't fight me for no copyright <laughs> <laughs> awesome and just to finish I know you've got quite a lot of sponsors so have you got a message to you know thank them for, for their support and stuff yeah, mate. Oh, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not for a small country to kind of get the sponsors I have. I've been pretty lucky with. Um, yeah, super stoked. I keep picking up them all the time. I think they're just trying to jump on the bandwagon now, Andrew. <laughs> but um, uh, massive um, shout out to my sponsors, uh, Dart Players New Zealand. They jumped on um, One Staff, uh, the Dart Depot. They've been massive for just putting me in the right and the in the right conversations with the right people. And my team, Misfits crew and, 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 and Aussie, uh, Greg Walsh and the boys. Um, I'm very lucky I've been the only Kiwi and Misfits. Oh, and John Harry, but yeah, it's just such a great team. I've got uh, Active Attractions from Queenstown, uh, Adam Drake Flooring, uh, Wallet & Co, Orbo Plumbing in Auckland and Drainage. And of course, um, yeah, 180, uh, my product sponsors and yeah, I've got a few things coming forward which I probably shouldn't announce. So <laughs> I'll wait for 
the official kind of thing on my page. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I would not be where I am without the people backing me financially. And um, yeah, it means a lot to me. So I really appreciate all their support. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Ben. And I think, you know, the way you're playing this year and the goals you've got, we're going to be seeing a lot more of you in the next few years. So look forward to catching up again soon. Awesome. I uh, appreciate your time, Andrew. Thanks very much, mate. Oh, thank you so much to Ben for his time. It was an absolute pleasure chatting to him. And something he said to me after we finished recording means he might well be one of my favourite players right now. So, um, yeah, tremendous starts from him down in New Zealand and some tremendous starts as well from another recent guest on the show, Wendy Harper, who won the ladies' singles thanks to a 5-0 win over Tina Osborne in the final. And a fun story in the ladies' pairs as well was Wendy Harper teamed up with Polly Luke for the first time in 27 years to win the pairs title, which is testament to a long career, but also a lovely reunion for the two of them. Thank you very much if you've listened to this week's show. Support is appreciated as always. And as I said, thank you to this week's guest, Ben, who was an absolute treat to speak to. The WDF Tour resumes this weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, with the bronze-rated Charlotte Open. Leonard Gates and Paula Murphy come into the weekend as defending champions. And the weekend also features the World Masters qualifiers for the American Darts Organisation. I'll be back with coverage from that next week before the WDF Tour pivots back to Europe again for events in Slovenia and Serbia. You can find the other recent episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair 97 You can follow the podcast at Inside the WDF. You can like the page on Facebook, Inside the WDF. And you can also rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. In the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you next week.